Hello and welcome. You're listening to Then Again, What Do We Know? A podcast that's all about exploring the human experience from an unofficial point of view. Your hosts are Mer Monson and Brianne Griebel, that's me, and we hope you'll sit back, relax, and just ponder what we're talking about. As we explore new ways of looking at life, we're hoping that you will do the same. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome to Then Again, What Do We Know? I'm Brianne Griebel, with me is Mer Monson. Hello, Mer. Hey. Uh, so we're going to talk about marriage today Ooh. and yeah, dun, dun, dun. I don't know why that gets that response. I don't know why that came out of my mouth. Actually, <laughs> Came out. Um, and, uh, most definitely it'll just bleed out to, I'm sure just relationships in general. Um, um, but we were curious of who was going to start this off. Do you have any ideas of kicking us off more or do you want me to just ramble and I was ease our thinking, way into it lucky for me my husband doesn't listen to this podcast <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. yeah now we're so what this what this episode um, is really going to be on ways you can change your husband no <laughs> <laughs> this is the subtitle <laughs> um i'm happy to throw a few things out let's let's start actually go for it okay fun Let's see. I think <laughs> this might be a fun place to start. You know, I, it's funny to me because of all the places in my own experience in my own life that I have, you know, had the experience of metaphorically banging my head against the wall <laughs> mm-hmm. of, of struggling and fighting and suffering and my marriage has has never been one of them and and that's that's kind of fun to hang out in in that and 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 explore why i guess mm-hmm. and i one of the things i just notice off the bat is that it that it doesn't feel like hard work and it's almost hard for me to say that because there is such a, a prevalent world of thought in the world today that relationships take work. Yeah. You know, relationships uh-huh. take effort. You have to be diligent. You have to work at it and try hard and you have to learn how to communicate. And, you know, that there's all these skills and, and efforting and patience and, and it's just never felt that way to me. Mm-hmm. Um, we're coming up on on 25 years mm. this summer, and I and that that's not to say that there have not been times we've driven each other crazy. That that's not to say there haven't been times that we've had intense disagreement. That's mm-hmm. not to say there haven't been times when. I really felt like there was something wrong in our relationship that needed to be fixed. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think why I can sit here and say the things that I'm saying <laughs> still after 25 years of experiencing all those things off and on is 
well, that we just never put too much on all those moments when things felt off. Mm -hmm. What do you mean by that? Yeah, what do I mean by that? Um, Well, my husband has a very natural ability to not get lost in his head too much. He he doesn't have a a real tight grip Mm -hmm. on his own thinking most of the time. And I, on the other hand, would would describe myself as opposite of that for most of our marriage (laughs) up until the last few years. And, you know, maybe I should give him a lot more credit than myself, but (laughs) to why we've made it this far and are still happy. But it's that he, he mirrored for me that what makes us tick, what makes a relationship work, what makes it pleasant, what makes it feel easy, what makes it a source of joy and fun and connection is is what's there before and beneath all the times that we get caught up in our head that that that's the direction that's the place to look that's the place that we rest in that makes it all work out that that's more reality than when you're in the heat with somebody Yeah. And that's interesting because I think a lot of people, and this has certainly been me in the past for sure, of when you are in the heat of it, uh, of any particular moment, um, you know, when you, it looks like you're disagreeing or things aren't going well. um, That tends to be when people look for evidence of something (laughs) like, oh, this shows that, um, you know, this is a serious problem, or maybe we don't have the relationship I thought we did, or, uh, you know, maybe this is a sign that we, um, are not meant for each other or, uh, you know, whatever we, we do with that. Um, and what I'm hearing you saying is, um, in essence, you just kind of ignore yourselves when you're in those moments. (laughs) Well, yeah, you know, to the best of our ability and to varying degrees. (laughs) Yeah. it, It looks like a, a blip. Uh, yeah, yeah. It doesn't look like there's hardcore truth mm. inside of those those moments. And now that, like I said, this is a new space for me. Like it hasn't always looked that way. I think it's looked that way to my to my husband from the beginning. But but it it, it only recently shifted that, that shifted for me that. There's actually nothing wrong to fix. Mm. We are literally just up in our heads. Now, that's not to say that that's a totally, that's a separate thing in my mind from a knowing of what to do in a relationship or about a relationship. You know, like, I think it might be easy to hear what I'm saying as, therefore, you should always, you know, stay with somebody or forgive anything or be fine with anything like that. They're two different conversations. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. 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 No, I get what you're saying. I think we've touched about this on another episode. There's, there's kind of that an understanding of what's real and what's true will help guide you into the, what do you do stuff? Yeah. Um, 
That's a great way to put it. Yeah, it, to me that it, it it's almost like when you ha- when you touch on what what actually where does love come from or what is it or what's true what's real underneath all of the problems I see or the arguments we're having or the dissonance I'm feeling underneath all of that what's true I think will guide you into and not even necessarily consciously um, like you won't necessarily you know think it and see it in real time but I think it does guide you into like. All the things that we do in a relationship, whether that be, oh, forgiveness or, oh, I need to leave the room or, oh, I need to leave the relationship even. Yeah. Um, or, you know, seeing I was being silly or he's being silly or she's being silly or, um, or whatever. Of, yeah, I think we, from in, it's like, it's like we get, and this is any relationship. I said we were going to bleed into relationships. Um, whether there's, whether it's a romantic relationship, whether you're married, whether it's, you know, a relative, whether it's a friend, whether, I don't, whether it's a stranger on the street, really, um, you know, I, it, it's kind of a package deal that you get all these humans walking about, um, amongst each other. There's going to be tension, you know, as we're all kind of like in our own little worlds, um, those worlds will collide in some way, shape or form all the time. And in that, in that collision is kind of like this chaos, this little, these versions of chaos. And from inside the chaos, we try to fix it, solve it, figure it out, understand it, explain it, find reasons or meaning for it. Um, and then we try to, we try to do from there. We try to operate from there. And what I hear you saying is that we can almost step outside the chaos and see it differently and it will, in my mind, it guides us to different options than we had from within the chaos. Yeah. Uh, and it's our experience of the chaos when we start to see that, that the basis of our connection is beyond the chaos. When we start to see that, like for me, the moments and the spaces and the times of chaos, they they don't have such a grip on me. Like I, I don't grip onto them mm-hmm. so tightly so much because, because it just doesn't look like a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> why, why would I keep, you know, banging my head against the wall <laughs> if it's hurting? <laughs> like it's, it, there's a letting go in me of, even when I get really riled up about something, I notice that I, I unrile without a lot of effort and without tons of time. Yeah. Just yeah. naturally by understanding yeah. the truth of how it works, like what you're pointing to. Yeah. I remember having um, <clears throat> a little while ago, my husband and I, um, I don't know if we've ever actually had an argument. I know we've disagreed on things and we've kind of had this kind of, there's some tension but I don't know if there's ever been like a true like blowout argument. Um, but we were in one of those kind of weird tension things. And um, like I could, it's, it's so funny. Like I could see what my head was doing. I could see like we were disagreeing about something and I could see like, like my mind is making something of this. Like it's, it's turning it into a drama. Like it's like I am being insulted uh, like 
I am. T- I knew I was. T- that he was saying things, and I could see him like I'm taking this in a way that he didn't mean it, but I couldn't stop. <laughs> oh yeah, do I know what you mean? <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, I was my 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 fingers were sunk into the drama, you know, really just I just like I couldn't stop myself. Uh, and then I was saying things, and because I was in the drama, I'm like I knew I was saying things in a way that um he would take he would take the wrong way. Like it just wasn't coming out. And so we were just this weird back and forth. Um, I think it was about money now that I think it's so funny. I don't remember the details of what we were talking. I'm pretty sure it was in the realm of money. Um, and like I was getting, it was so funny. It's like my feelings were getting hurt, but I could also see like how I was contributing to that. Like, so there just came a point where I'm just like, I just knew like, this is not going to go anywhere helpful. And so I just had to leave. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to go exercise. I'll be back. <laughs> um, yeah. And thankfully, we've, be- we've been together. I mean, we've only been married about a year and a half, but <clears throat> year and a half that we've been together for nine and a half years. Um, we've both learned that if one of us stops the conversation, we honor that. Like, where most people are like, no, you get back here. Don't you dare leave. <laughs> I have more things to say. We just kind of recognize that the other person pulls away. No matter how much we want to talk about it, we've both learned together, like, the best thing to do is just, let's just stop. If one of us can pull away from the drama, let that happen. Um, and I did. And I went, <laughs> you know, I went and I worked out. And I could, you know, I, it's basically, it's, it's just my mind just had to run itself out for a minute. Like at first, the first things I wanted to do was really see how I was right and how he was wrong and how he was totally misunderstanding me. And he never really gets it when I try to explain it. It it had to do that. And then I kind of let that burn out. And then underneath, I'm just like, oh, we just, we just couldn't talk from those places. Like I was seeing it in a way that, you know, I was seeing it my way. I couldn't let his information come in. And he was, I'm guessing, doing the same. I let it burn out. And it, the funny thing is, it wasn't like at the end of that, I knew how to talk about it. By the end of my brain letting it burn itself out, there was nothing to say. And by the time I got back and we were in the same room, I don't even, like, we kind of mentioned it. We're kind of like, yeah, that's, yeah, this, this and that. Yeah, you're right. And then done. <laughs> yeah, that's just, I, I so relate to what you're saying. I mean, I'm, I'm remembering all the years when whenever I got into that state of mind, or we both did, mm-hmm. it just felt so important to stay in the mess until we figured it out. Yeah, like, no, I could we, not, I could we let need to get the bottom of this. Yes, yes, <laughs> we need to solve this. We can't let this stay between us. We can't, you know, and it was just this, this urgency and this heaviness and this Ah, you know, I mean, it felt horrible, but that's what it looked like to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm just, I'm recognizing how inside out it looks now to me listening to you that, that all that's going on it is literally a, a low mood, a low state of mind. And it, and it just doesn't make sense to look at anything together, to discuss anything together when you're in that state of mind. And, and I noticed myself doing that as well. Like for me, I, I'll just, I, I just notice I say less. <laughs> like yeah. I, let, I let less come out of my mouth because I recognize that it's not helpful. And when I can't help myself, then I'm watching myself make a mess of it. And then it's like, oops, sorry, babe. <laughs> I need a minute. <laughs> you know, or he does that. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I've actually seen a few times where, because I wasn't like, you know, that, that example I was just giving is like, I was in it. And I, even though I could see the drama, I couldn't stop myself. Um, but there are other times when I can see it. And I, I do like, I remember, <laughs> this is actually a while ago, but it just stands out as such a strong example in my mind of what's on offer when you can see the difference between what's going on in your head versus the space in which that stuff goes through. Like I got up, um, I always get up before my, I almost always get up before my husband and I'd gone into the kitchen and I'd made my breakfast and I'd noticed, um, my husband loves coffee and he had made a cold brew coffee, I think the night before. And so I just happened to see that in the fridge. Fast forward to when my husband gets up and I can hear him in the kitchen starting to make a, a cup of hot coffee. And in my, in my head, I was like, oh, he forgot because he didn't see it. He forgot. He already has coffee made. Um, and so I just kind of yelled to the kitchen. I you know, said, you know, hey, babe, you've, you've got some coffee already made in the refrigerator. And in his mind, I was calling him an idiot for not knowing that. <laughs> he's like, yells back. He's like, I know I'm the one that made it. And I was like, and I could see. Oh, here's what I could do. I could explain to him, no, you don't understand. I thought you just forgot. I wasn't calling you an idiot because I could see how you had forgotten about it because you didn't see it. And I could see him going like, well, you know, and I could see like this little tiff, this little mini argument, the possibility of it. But instead I just went, eh. And I didn't say another word after that. You know, it was so interesting to go, oh, we're just completely misunderstanding each other. We're not right or wrong. It's not one of us is the good one and one's the bad one or one's the smart one, one's the dumb one. It's just we saw the whole scenario so completely differently. And I saw the irrelevance of playing it out. You know, it's not like it would have led to a divorce or a breakup or anything, but you know, it's, it's just like, I could see like, Oh, we could spend the next five minutes, quote unquote, hashing this out about how like, Oh no, you missed my point of view. And no, you missed my point of view. And it just went, okay. <laughs> and it just dropped it. Yeah. Uh, and behind that and underneath that, what I'm, what I'm really seeing is the difference the, the incredible difference it makes in a relationship when you begin to understand that your experience of the other person is coming from you, not from mm. them. That's a real hard one to see until you see it. <laughs> yeah, but, but man, is it worth playing around in because, <laughs> I mean, it seems to me like one of the cruxes of why and how our relationships can become so much gentler and easier. Yeah, that it's, um, so why don't you explain that to everyone? <laughs> well, here's the way I used to explain. And I, this is I, when I would, when a client would come to me and we were talking about relationships and struggles in relationships, I have, I, I had, I love my whiteboard and I, cause I'm a visual person a lot of the times and I, you know, I, I'm not a good drawer, but I'll do stick figures and stuff. Um, <laughs> but the visual that stands out to me in representing this is because I don't, in my mind, unless you were in a place of love with someone, you're not actually seeing them clearly. I don't care who we're talking about. 
And I don't mean like, like not a label of a kind of love, like romantic love or friend love, just like if you, unless you're in a place of just total peace with someone, you're not seeing them, you're seeing your own thoughts about them. And so I used to draw like two stick figures on the board and I'm like, you know, this is you and this is them. And I said, when we're looking at each other, it looks like we're looking at them, but really, and I drew this, like I scribble these lines all around the, the person that's you. I scribbled around her head. I said, you're looking at this cloud of thought and it distorts what you see on the other side. Like when you're looking at through fog, like thick fog, it really distorts what you see. The stuff is still there, but your visual of it, your interpretation of it is real fuzzy. I said, when we're caught up in our heads, when we're angry with somebody, when we're frustrated, when we're upset, when we're anything other than love and peace with someone, we have a cloud of thought in front of our, like in front of our eyes and it's distorting the other person. And I don't know if we can stop that from happening, but we can recognize that there's a cloud of thought. And I think we all have an example of that. Like I, to me, like parents and kids probably see it all the time. I don't have kids, but it's like one minute you can look at them and go, oh my God, that rascal, that ah, and another minute just be like, oh, it's the best thing in my life that ever, you know? <laughs> I can I can testify that is true. <laughs> exactly. Like, like, yeah. What change? Like, and I and I've seen this with with my relationship with all kinds of people. In one minute, I can be like, oh, you know, the bane of my existence, that other person, and then in another second, be like, I couldn't see imagine my life without him. You know, if it can change that fast, it can't be the other person. Well, and funny enough, I I think of it, you know, with. With my husband and I, even just with one of our kids, how one of us is in a place of, oh, they're good. They're fine. We just need to give them some space. And the other one's in, in a space that we need to do something about this. Right. You know, in the very same moment, in the same kid. And then we will switch. We'll be complete, in complete opposite spaces a day or an hour or a week later. <laughs> you know, we, we move back and forth. But it's not, it's not our kid that's changing. Mm-hmm. It's our, you know, our, I, I love your, your visual, our, our world of thought around that kid. And there's, I, the other thing I was thinking about when you were describing, you know, when there's love and peace, I used to think we had to create that love and peace. We had to create that world of thought that had love and peace in it. And then we get to along. Work it. Yeah. And, and that's the other thing I'm noticing looks different to me now. Is that love and peace is just the space that's always there. It's the space we both live in and belong in, beneath and behind whatever puff of smoke we're we're blowing in our heads about each other. Yeah, that that love, that peace, that space—that is you. That is them. That yes. is that, and that space of love and peace gets filled up with thought, your thought and their thought you know, or, or just thought in general, like I, it just, that space gets filled up with thought. And what we look at is the thoughts or the thought. We look at that and think that's true instead of recognizing, no, that's just the transient energy that comes and goes from the space that is them, the space that is you. We, I mean, we like what, what most of us do when we try to fix our relationships is we look at the thought and where it came, like, 
there can be all kinds of reasons and logic of like, oh, well, because this person had this kind of upbringing and they thought they, they developed these particular thinking patterns and, you know, you know, I, I have to work with those thinking patterns or, you know, I need to fix my own thought patterns because I had this kind of, and this is what I learned about relationships and that's not right. Um, and it, you know, it keeps me, you know, I put up walls and defenses and so I need to work at bringing those down or da 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 or what all of that stuff. It's like, we're trying to take the thought like after it's already kind of formed and then try to reform it instead of recognizing we can always get back to the space in which it comes through. It's like, and, and in my mind, it's just recognizing it as thought is the thing that does that. Like if I recognize I'm in a moment where I'm frustrated with my husband, I don't need to do anything with that frustration. I don't need to fix him or fix me. I can see like, oh, I am really, I'm in the fog. I'm in the cloud. I'm in the thought. If I do something from here, I mean, and you can, there's nothing wrong with that. But if I wait for the fog to clear, because it always will, because the space is untouchable, it will look different. It will feel different. There will be different things I can or can do, or I'll recognize things I don't have to do. It's because the space is untouched. And the space is where every single one of us can connect always, no matter what the other person has done, is doing, will do, who they are, what you think about them. Like that space is to me, and, and connection almost becomes an irrelevant word because connection almost assumes like there's a disconnect and then you need to reconnect. Yeah, that there's an action somehow. Yeah, that, that to me, I truly believe I can get along with anybody, not moment by moment, because moment by moment, I'll be stuck in my own versions of thought, but um in essence, I can connect with anybody because I know that it's true for me that I have this space where my thoughts are irrelevant. And so there's a space, that space exists for somebody else. And if I can't connect with them or if I don't feel that connection, all that's going on is like, oh, I'm connected to my thought, not to who and what they are. That's just beautiful. I'm just kind of sitting in the amazement of that no matter how much thinking we have about somebody or how intense it gets or how long it lasts, that it, that it cannot touch who and what we're made of and the space we're always already connected with them in. Like that, that's just, I mean, a glimpse of that truth, man, can it change your life? Yeah. In every relationship. Every, I, I mean, I'm thinking about, you know, I have a son that doesn't love to communicate or talk or, or share anything, let alone feelings, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and for so many years, I just kept feeling this angst about, I've got to connect with him. I, I mean, in my head, in my world of thought, connection means that we sit and we talk about feelings. <laughs> oh, you know? yeah. And it's that, cause that's what I craved with my own parents that, that mm-hmm. I felt like I never got. And so I just, that was so, so important to me. And when I started to glimpse this, it just all fell away. Like all the pressure was off my back. Like, oh my gosh, I'm already always in love with my son. No matter how much we talk. No matter how much we don't, no matter how much we do or don't do, no matter how much time we spend together or don't. And, and it's been gorgeous to have moments where sitting in that truth and being aware of it and just enjoying that truth 
to put it honestly, has led to moments of connection and sharing and talking and ease and fun with each other. Yeah. Man, how many problems are caused by that whole um, idea? We have an idea of what intimacy should look or feel like. Like what connection should look or feel like. You know, we look for evidence of connection in a place that doesn't exist. Because we like, because we're looking at, oh, I, I know that we're connected or I know we're intimate. And I'm not necessarily saying physical. I mean, like, you know, that kind of emotional intimacy. Presence. Like I know, yeah, yeah. Yes. I, I'll know that because it looks like X, Y, Z. And really we forget like, oh, that's just like you pointed out. That was either what we were taught it looks like or what we, we crave for it to be because we lacked it. And it looks like that's what it should be. Um, and it's so interesting that that can be the thing that keeps you from actually having that int- intimacy, from having that connection. I remember um, with my father, um, my da- I always joke about my dad. He's he's somebody who could turn a five-minute story into 50. Um, he just loves detail. And like in my mind, I'm like, this is so irrelevant for the point of the story. Dad. Like he can just go on and on and on. And it used to, because I kept thinking of, I was in my head about what he was saying. Um, you know, so I wasn't even really listening. I'd tune out like, Oh my God, you know, roll my eyes either, you know, if we're on the phone, I actually would, or like mentally I roll my eyes like, Oh, just get to the point. And so I just always thought like my, my father and I are different people. We don't really have much of a connection. And then when my mother started getting sick and I kind of started looking at mortality and things, I just remember having this thought, like kind of fast forwarding the, into the future of like, when the day comes that my father is gone, I'm going to reflect back on this. And this is going to be one of my fondest stories of him. Like, it's going to be fun for me to tell the, the, the idea of like, oh, my dad was the kind of guy who could turn five minutes into 50 when telling a story. Mm-hmm. You know, and it wasn't like replacing a bad thought of him with a good thought of him. It was just a right. It was just like that was enough to poke through. Um, the, 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 the smoke screen that I put between us. And so now it's not like I'm reveling in my dad's really long stories, but I stopped, I stopped paying attention to the story for the reasons I wanted to. Like I stopped neither cherishing nor, um, uh, like, uh, pushing away his stories. I'll just let him talk and I may tune out, but it's like, my dad is here. That's like, you know, like there's my dad. I don't care what he's talking about. I don't care how he's telling the story. I don't care if I like the story or dislike the story. You know, like there he is. I'm laughing because my experience, I've woken up to the same truth you're pointing at, but from the other side, like, I mean, my dad, it's really hard to get more than five words out of him (laughs) in a whole day. You know, and for so many years I had this story I need him to talk. We need to talk. We need to connect. We need to share. We, you know, like mm-hmm. I had so much on that. And when I glimpsed that, that wider, deeper presence, that space where we are love, we are connection, we are the same thing. I, it just went away. It just went away. And I, and yes, I still have those thoughts, mm-hmm. but but I can just sit next to my dad 
in a room for a few hours and get everything I need with a few glances and a few words. <laughs> yeah. It's this, I, I mean, I hear this, you know, living beyond the story in our head. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that is why that level of connection and intimacy does not take work. It, it's how a, a relationship of any kind can transform in an instant without anybody working on anything. Like with that kind of effort, with that kind of intention, with that kind of like fixing attitude. Wow. It like it can change in an instant and you don't have to do anything about it. And to me, the power is in realizing a deeper truth about who and what we are. It's, it's, it comes in the realization of the smoke screens that our minds put up and seeing, uh, in, in the words of Nicola Bird, who you and I know, um, you're the smoke machine, not the smoke. <laughs> yeah. Like you're the one putting out these ideas of people, but then you forget that. And so you believe your own ideas. Yeah. I, I really love this truth. <laughs> Right? I mean, it Holy has cow. just freed me up in so many places. Saved so much time, energy, and effort. Yeah. You know, and I mean, back back around to marriage, like I, when I saw, I, I started to understand why we work, why my marriage doesn't feel like effort. And then, and then all these other beautiful places with my parents, with my siblings, with my kids, with strangers, with, with the guy checking me out at the grocery store, like. I, there's something in me that's aware that knows if I, if I just drop out of my head and look you in the eye, like the odds of me falling into a space of love and connection with you are really high. Yeah. <laughs> and, and there's just this feeling of relaxation and goodwill and, and playfulness and like that it, it doesn't take effort to enjoy other human beings, you know? Yeah. And, and by the way, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't, I mean, you can. I'm not saying I don't have thinking about a whole lot of people. I was just <laughs> going to say, I'm like, for that. I was like, just going to say, like, don't think for an instant. I walk through life in a Zen. I love everybody all the time state. <laughs> oh my God. No. Oh my God. No. Catch me on any given moment, any given day. Um, odds are you will see me up in my head about someone or something, but I'm okay with that because I, I do know that that's, that's not the juice. That's not the meat. That's not the meal. You know, that's like, yeah, that just happens. I don't take it too seriously for too long. Like the good news is, is like, if you can't get past your thinking about somebody, um, if you can't see it for what it is, if you are frustrated with somebody, the good news is, is that's the temporary thing. Like that's, that's, it's going to come and go. That's it. Yeah. It's, it's not the real deal. The, the space in which it comes and goes is the real deal. 
And when, I really love this. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to say when when you are when you have space around all of it, it's like even the thoughts can still be there. So like you have to like it's like they're just not rubbing up against the ex, uh, the edges, so they're just not so there's not so much friction or frustration. Like I can I can think, you know, quote unquote bad things about my husband, but just there's enough space around them to go like, well they're just not really relevant or important. And in other days, when it feels like, you know, I'm more constricted, those same thoughts might be there and they might look like a problem. But I've seen enough to like, even when it looks like a problem, I'm not worried about it being a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I really love this conversation. Yeah. Quite lovely. Well, as always, thanks, Mer. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you have enjoyed this podcast episode, please do share it. We would really appreciate that. Also, feel free to leave us a comment or review wherever you may be listening to this. We would love to hear from you. You can listen to more episodes and get extra notes at briangrebel.com slash then again. You should also check out Mer's website and learn more about her at mermonson.com. That is it for this episode. Until next time, take care.